Welcome back to the conversation. If you are just now joining us, it's helpful to know this is actually a four-part conversation, and we're going to be jumping back into the middle of the conversation that we started in part one. So if you watch part one, part two will be happening here in just a few moments. But if you have not watched part one yet, push pause here, go back and watch part one of the conversation, and then come right back here for part two. So, okay, so why is it then, why is this conversation so difficult to have? Like, why is it? And I told y'all when we started, like, I'm not worried about red tape, right? We're going to yeah. have the conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But why is it that I even have to say that? Like, right. what, you know, and, and I, I, I want to talk about a term too, or a phrase, white, white fragility. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's a part of it. But why is this conversation so difficult to have? Mm-hmm. Why can it be awkward? Mm-hmm. And what is white fragility and how does that play into this? And I'll add one more I'll add yeah. one more piece of your Go equation. Yeah. White fragility plus cancel culture. Mm. Mm. Then, there. And that's where we are today. Yeah. Yeah. And so those two yeah. pieces are what I feel like a lot of people are feeling the tension of. Man. So yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think I think this conversation is difficult because dismantling racism cannot be an intellectual conversation. No, not at all. Right. Because we're forced to look at ourselves. We're especially if we are white, we're forced to look at where these messages come from. We're forced to um, challenge family members, which we're hearing a lot about right now, which can be really difficult. Mm -hmm. And I think at the base of it, from a psychological perspective, people don't want to make mistakes Mm -hmm. and and people don't want to lose relationships with people. Right. So we we talked about white fragility, which is just a concept that. is about an intolerance about race relation race related discussions and there's an intolerance honestly because i think we don't have enough of these conversations right. in all of the spaces that we are in some of us as as black people will have it in the home because we're forced to but it doesn't happen as often as it needs to in the marketplace in the church in the environment so white people who aren't really used to hearing white anything i think immediately become defensive so that's what white fragility is it's those emotions that happen when you're you know fighting with your your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your husband, or a family member, and you just shut down. Mm -hmm. You become defensive, you wanna walk away, and you wanna silence. And really the piece that I think is important with white fragility is the argumentative piece, which is just not fruitful, but it comes up because it's a defense mechanism. Hmm. Well, you know, you also have to, to admit that there is a privilege that is that has come as a result of the the, the black experience, yeah. Um, and um, I read a I read a quote. It's from a book called Untamed, and it says, "Privilege is being born on third base. Ignorant mm. privilege is thinking you're there because you hit a triple. Mm. Malicious mm. privilege is complaining that those starving outside the ballpark aren't waiting patiently enough." Wow. <sighs> and um, wow. you know, you've got to realize that, you know. 400 years, you know, 350, you know, years of slavery, you know, Jim Crow, Reconstruction, mm-hmm. um, you know, Selma, all civil rights movement, all of these things mm-hmm. suppressed mm-hmm. The, the the black advancement. Mm-hmm. And yet you had one person this, one person that, but entire an entire culture of people, yeah. a group of people where America said, nope, hmm. not at all. And um there's still effects to this day and other people benefited from that suppression. 
Hmm. So to have to admit that, yeah, fragility, yeah, yeah. And privilege. And, and, yes, privilege. Yeah. Yeah. and I want to talk about white privilege in a second. Yeah. Don't turn off of this. Um, <laughs> the you, you taught Dr. Chin earlier. <laughs> Putting white in front of something yeah. is so foreign to white people, yes. right? Yeah. Whereas you're like, you're unfortunately too yeah. used to it. Right. But when, can you talk about that for a second? That having to define something as white is then maybe feeling something from the other side that they've never had to feel before. And all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 don't, yeah. don't you know what I mean? Like, can you speak to that for just a yeah. moment? Yeah, well, I think that white people in America specifically live in a bubble where they really don't have to think about race. Right. And so when you, for example, I have a 16 year old daughter, when we go in to buy a doll, um, it's the doll or the black doll. Wow. It's very rarely, I mean, I hear other families talk about this. It's not the white doll or my white friend, Kathy, but it's my black friend, Keisha. And maybe that was a stereotype, but, uh, <laughs> but I actually knew a white Keisha. She and I cheered oh, together. But it's true. I mean, how often oh. do we really say, you know, now we're saying it, but we don't typically hear white in front of anything. And so there's studies that show when you hear white privilege as a white person and white fragility, again, that defensiveness comes up because yeah. you're just not used You've to never it. heard it. Before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you know, oh, go ahead, Joe. No, no, so, so to, I think the students who are pushing past that fragility and saying, we want to have that conversation. Yeah. Uh, I think it's our responsibility as, as any minority group who's sitting with them to say, Hey, this is a safe place, yes. yeah. which yeah. is what I think is so special about the living room, because yes. if you're truly trying to create a living room yeah. for a multicultural environment to come in and share their stories, and then you be able to ask questions. I always say, Listen, I'm going to stare at your heart, not your words, mm. because there's going to be a wow, point where good. you misspeak and I have to be staring at your heart in that moment mm -hmm. to be able to yeah. not become defensive myself. Right. You yeah. might say something exactly. that hurts me and I might say that, that you, how can you even see it like that? But that's because yeah. that's my story speaking mm -hmm. through me, your story mm -hmm. speaking through you. And so mm -hmm. there comes a point where there needs to be a mutual trust without that trust into cancel culture. Yeah. And that's where people are saying, I want to speak, but if I just say the wrong thing, right. I'm just canceled, wow. it's better for me to remain silent. And I think yeah. that we're finally dealing with the generation that say, no, we'd rather create a safe place than to yeah. remain silent. Absolutely. And I think safe places are where people are beginning, are able to begin asking their questions and having a, a beneficial conversation to hopefully understanding each other better. Man. So, yeah. yeah, I yeah. love that. Can I just interject yes, really no, no, quickly? We're not done with that point yet. Yeah, I think, so I love what you just said because I think it's important to get the message out there to students, to families, to everyone that yeah. discomfort does not equal um, un being unsafe. Just because you're uncomfortable, yeah. it doesn't mean that you're unsafe. And right. so we can lean into the discomfort because we know that that's where growth is. You have lives. to run away from it. Come on. Yeah. 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 Wow. So sit in the discomfort. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and you were saying, even on your side, where right. if someone says oh, yeah. something right. that's uncomfortable, I'm going to sit in the uncomfortable, yes. potentially ignorant thing that you just said, and you can sit in the discomfort mm -hmm. too. And see the heart. Yeah, it's very important for a, a person of color, all people of color, to have a posture of grace yeah. in this moment yeah. um, as well, because obviously that person didn't do anything sure. to you. Sure. Um, you know, so to, to, to approach every conversation of the like with that posture of grace is super important. So I, want to talk, I do want to talk about white privilege here in just a second, but w w what would you say to the white person or the non-black person or even me? Right. I'm a pastor. I get to get on stage. I'll be honest, I've had a fear, and I'm not even white, but I'm not black, and I've had even had the fear of, oh, what if I say the wrong thing? Mm -hmm. What would you say to a non-black person that is 
afraid to say the wrong thing and that leads them to stay silent. What encouragement, what would, what would you tell me? What would you tell them? Yeah, I think silence is more harmful. Mm. I think that's a space where pride needs to be broken down and humility needs to step up mm-hmm. in a space where, hey, look, I know I'm gonna say this wrong, but let me ask questions. Mm-hmm. Let me understand. Can we dive deeper? Right. If you, um, I think it also comes with believing first mm-hmm. before um, invalidating. So, hey, tell me about this story. If it doesn't make sense to you, dive deeper. Wow, mm-hmm. believe before you invalidate what they say. Mm-hmm. Choose it. Wow, it's good. And we oh, yeah. all we all can look back and say, if I was in slavery or if I was around yeah. during Jim Crow, or if I was around during civil rights, I would have said something. Yeah, it's right, easy to yeah. look back and judge other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here we are in our day. And I would just challenge him to say, we're we're literally on the precipice of a of of a new America. Mm-hmm. And the question is, are you gonna let your voice be heard in that? Mm-hmm. Or would you want to one day look back and have to tell your children and grandchildren, I didn't say anything. Yeah. yeah. Happy that we're here or happy that we're not here. Yeah. Right. But if I had just said something, and I think it's easy for us to judge past history versus the history that's being made right now. Yeah. yeah. That's so good because silence isn't just silence. Silence yeah. is violence. Silence mm-hmm. is corrosive. Um, and silence actually communicates something really clearly. Yeah. And for the families that I'm talking to who have come back on the heels of George Floyd and I'm doing Zoom calls. And by the way, I hold a very diverse caseload. white or non-black and 50% black. And so many families came back and told me that they're on Zoom calls a week after George Floyd was murdered. And people said, hey, how was your weekend? Or they said nothing, which was probably worse. So silence for my clients communicates, oh, you don't care about my humanity either. So that's what I would say to you, Sam. Don't be silent. And so so I guess to that too, I've had... I've had white friends say, oh, well, white leaders just need to pass the mic. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a level of truth to that. I wanted to pass the mic today, but what I'm also hearing is, but also use your mic that you've been given. Yes. Mic, I'm using right. metaphorically, yeah. not yeah. everybody has a mic, yeah. but you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, to use the platform, use the yeah. stage. Use your and, privilege. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. which will, yeah. That, that's a good yeah. transition yeah. because the other tension too is like, oh, well, and again, this is not good. This is, oh, well, they're gonna think I'm saying something now just because of George Floyd. So I'll just wait. You'd like, yeah, that comes up and yeah. it's so wrong thinking. But right. what you're saying is, no, 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 don't be afraid of any of that. Mm-hmm. Cancel culture. I don't, that's a, I don't know how to navigate all that. I mean, that, so much of it is unfortunate because it, what you're saying, there's needs to be a side of grace, mm-hmm. but then don't be silent. Right. I think to, to, to your point about people feeling like this is, they're coming to the fight too late. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let, let's, let's, I think it's a better way to say, yeah, it, like, to so, say yeah. So basically, Let's say I'm I'm here standing alone and I'm fighting the whole army mm-hmm. and I'm getting my butt handed to me. <laughs> when you come and join me in that fight, I'm happy to see you. You're not long. Yeah, 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 you don't care how long yeah, you've been by yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you here too. Let's fight. Like, right. Finally. Yeah, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That guy over there, he can really go. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, come on. Come to the fight. Join the fight. And so I think that, like, even having, so over the last few weeks, uh, I went to the One Race March in yep. Atlanta. And honest to God, man, I've never felt anything like that before mm-hmm. ever, yep. like in my lifetime. And, and there was such an energy there because there were people who weren't black mm-hmm. yep. who were all of a sudden like, man, this is a cause worth fighting for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see you. Mm-hmm. I affirm your humanity mm-hmm. and I've got your back. Wow. And so now what's going to happen is like we're, we're riding together. Yeah. And so so I got emotional being in that space because I'm like, 
You didn't have to be here. Wow. You could have yeah. been doing something else. Wow. And so to see people who are joining the fight now, mm -hmm. I mean, it's cool. Like you, you, you like to the party. It's whatever. Yeah. Like we still gonna have a good time. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? But like, not over yet. yeah, it's yeah. not over yet. It's, it's a long. We got a long right, way to go. Right. right. So, so I think that that hopefully that posture is the one that is taken. It's like, okay, I am late to the party, yeah. but let me strap up yeah. and let's all join yeah. the fight together. That's yeah. so yes. good. That's so good. That, it's, I was. My wife was asking me about the one race. Um, she was at home with our with our babies, and she said, um, she asked me, was it? She said, were there were there a lot of white people there? Mm -hmm. And I said, babe, I, don't, I could obviously it's hard to tell. I said, but honestly, if I had to guess, I'm not saying it was 50-50, but I said, but I was so encouraged by how many people were there that were not black. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And she was just like, I'm so glad. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's exactly yes. to that. Awesome. You know? yeah. It was fantastic, man, um, to be able to look out and see. I think there was like 13,000 people there. It was crazy. Yeah. crazy. Yeah, which I was mean, insane. by the time they got to the Capitol, there was still a line yeah. of people exiting yeah, yeah, yeah. wherever, yeah. Uh, whatever that, wherever it started. Liberty it Plaza, Liberty. I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 So History's it, being made. Seriously. Yeah. Exactly right. That was America. It, yeah. 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 And I, I never thought I'd get to be a part of a protest. And I don't mean that in like, oh, I'm glad I was a part of one. I mean, like, I just, it's like, oh, well, that's over. Right. 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 And yeah. it's like, whoa, man, tell sixth grade Sam are learning about this in social studies. Wow. One day. Come You're gonna on. have an opportunity to continue to fight. Like we're just not, we're not there yet. As that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. That's good. And I, I, I want to talk about white privilege, but before we get there, this will be I wish we had time to talk about social studies. Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Part two. I want to go back and look at my seventh grade social studies and see what it doesn't talk about. And okay, Obama. Yeah. That's a timeline. We need to rewrite them. So, okay, so we're going to get to white privilege, but where we're going is so, what would you say to the person that says, oh, well, we've come such a long way, haven't we? Is it accurate? And then what would you, how would you, but. That doesn't mean, but then how would you respond? I mean, I would say that's a true statement, but that's not the whole picture. Yeah. Like, yeah, we have, you know, you're not whooping us with, with chains and, you know, oppressing it. Like we can buy, you know, homes and, you know, some people come up and yeah. mm -hmm. things like that. But I'm, I'm as a, as a whole, mm -hmm. no, we're not there. Mm -hmm. They're marginalized folks still mm -hmm. walking this earth mm -hmm. and, and the systemic piece of racism is alive and well. Mm -hmm. All right. There's still part of a system in place that holds people back mm -hmm. and is alive and breathing as we speak. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there, there are protests happening on the other side mm -hmm. to date mm -hmm. to stop what we're doing mm -hmm. and what the what these young folks, these young lions, yeah. uh, lioness Shout are doing. So there are things that's, that are trying to come up against that. Mm -hmm. So that just tells you all you need to know. So, yeah, we've come a long way. We, you know, doing well, doing, you know. Yeah. It's, there's some affluence that has that, that trickled in. Yeah. But it's not enough. Well, I mean, I think the biggest example, and yes, I'm going to go there, um, is the election of the nation's first black president. Yeah. Oh. We had this idea that we were now entering a post-racial mm -hmm. right. society. And now look where we are. Yeah. 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 So I think we've come a long way. Now look where we are. Yes. We have right. so much more to go. And doesn't it show we were able to elect a black man to the highest office of the United States, yet we still are where we are right now. Mm -hmm. That just shows that we, he can even be a president 
Mm-hmm. Or maybe one day she can be the president. But right. that's how much more we actually have to go. Mm-hmm. You would think, oh, once that happens, we're good. <laughs> right. So to that point, in 2008, I lived in Sumter, South Carolina. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, not Charleston. far from Charleston. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, were, I was a F&I manager at a car dealership. Okay. Um, I was the only black person in, on the management team. Um, so when he was elected, um, I had a conversation, a, a, a very candid conversation with the sales manager who said, man, I think that's great. Now, your son can identify what, you know, he can be president someday or whatever the case may be. But I just hope black people don't think they're superior to to white people. And I said, so every other president's been white. Do white people think they're superior (laughs) to black people? Are they allowed to? Are they allowed to feel that? You know, and and he really, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. But this, yeah. You said was, it. it was, yeah, yeah. Right, right. And I mean, nice guy. I mean, and could there be grace for it? Sure. But absolutely. Let's, let's figure yeah, out. Well, let's let's help that ignorant mm-hmm. side of you that mm-hmm. believe that would even be a problem. Right. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. because a black man now is president. Yeah. Correct. Correct. He's, he was. I think those are characters within the story, and stories drive culture and society. And so, mm-hmm. I think that at all times there are stories running. We underestimate the stories when we turn our TV on or listen to music or or have algorithms that feed us stories daily. But in the end, a character can never trump the story that you're that you're digesting every single day. And so yeah. I'm much more uh, particular wow. when talking to students say, hey, be careful about the stories that you're digesting, because no matter what's in front of your face, you'll only see the story. Mm-hmm. And, and, and humans, as they study more and more about our brains, we see everything through story. We just underestimate how much yes. story impacts our perspective. Right. And so. It doesn't matter what's right in front of you. If you've been fed a story as to how to look at that person, yep. that's exactly what you're going to believe. Even so though you're true. seeing facts and a truth that Both contradicts your story, yeah. the story is much more easy to digest. Wow. So, so true. I, I, wonder, I, I, I saw this excerpt from a poem by Langston Hughes on Instagram literally mm. yesterday. And I was like, I, I, I think I might read this tomorrow. And if it, if it comes up, listen to these three, these on, three lines, to- right? Mm-hmm. Oh, let America be America again, the land that never has been yet, and yet must be the land where every man is free. And it was one of the most powerful things I saw where I thought, man, let it be what it isn't yet. Mm -hmm. The land where every man and woman, Mm -hmm. you would say that just Mm -hmm. in the stanza, uh, is free. And that's what we're talking about right now. That's right. We've got a long way to go. So honestly, if you're not black, just eliminate the, well, we've come so far from your vocabulary. Uh, that would be helpful. It would be like being in a relationship and changing on year one for your girlfriend. And then in year three, she says, you think you do this for me? You say, oh, honey, I changed already on you. <laughs> I mean, I've come, I got from there to there. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, it's like a, it's not a point system. Oh, well, well, we Me and my wife's I mean, arguments are always things for yeah. you. You two for me. I think that I'm done. I mean, and, and, that, and you're looking yeah. like, that's not how relationships work. Right. It's not yeah. how. So, okay, we've, we've skirted around it and kind of talked in and out of it. Um, let's talk about white privilege. What is white privilege? <laughs> and you gave us that that baseball yeah, analogy. We're about to jump into it right I, there. I got a but... monopoly one too. <laughs> <laughs> Come on with the games. Man. Come on with the games. You got a monopoly one back there. Shotgun being banker. So, yeah. like, in sixteen nineteen, <laughs> okay, we started this game of monopoly. All right, we brought slaves over on ships, and they were commodity. They 
you know, traded them like sugar or, you know, oil or whatever the case may be. They were current, you know, you got paid for them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then they worked for free. Okay. So just imagine playing Monopoly and you go around the board. You can't buy nothing because every time you pass go, you get 200 bucks, but you got to give it in. Mm -hmm. So you just go around 350 times. That's 350 years. Mm -hmm. Okay. All your money just, it's gone. Mm. It's gone. You can't, you got redlining, you got all these, you know, systems, okay, mm -hmm. that says, no, you're not a person. Mm -hmm. You're not, you are a slave, mm. okay? You can't do anything. Yeah. And then after 350 years, they say, okay, you're good. You, you're free. <laughs> you can collect your $200, <laughs> but you can only buy you know, Baltic, this, that's all that's left. Mediterranean. Mediterranean. Because <laughs> we got Pennsylvania and Virginia oh, Avenue man. and Boardwalk. That and Marvin Garden. Pacific, yeah, Mar <laughs> yeah. We got, I didn't know Joe played. We got it all. But, you know, catch up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's. We'll make sure you don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's privilege. You, you, yeah. You privilege. So what does that look? Yeah. So, so what does white privilege look like practically today as you see it, as you experience it? I can it? tell you. Yeah. And it, it's simple. And we talked about this before, but it is white privilege is not having to bear the entire weight of your entire race. Yeah. yeah. So every time I'm in a space, I feel the need to represent. I can't even be my full self all the time because I know that there are people that are watching. Mm -hmm. yeah. For example, when, when I got a job at some point and I was one of the first few black people to be in that space, mm -hmm. I knew that I had to kill it. Like I had to kill it, I had to do everything right, I had to make sure that I was outperforming everybody because if I didn't, then that's, it's very likely that the people to come in behind me would have never got an opportunity. Wow. And right. so it's that, it's, it's also, uh, you know, we talked about Band-Aids. Yeah. All of a sudden, they, they last couple of weeks, they have now put out a variety of colors. But And I, I didn't even realize until probably a few years ago that the Band-Aid was supposed to be a flesh-colored tone. It's like, oh, that's just what colored Band-Aids are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, yeah. It's like they're supposed to blend yeah. in. Wow. And so, uh, I mean, it's, it's stuff like that. The dolls that you spoke about, like having the dolls and representation, the standard of beauty. Yeah. What is beauty in America? Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, there's a period where uh, black people were pressing their hair and putting chemicals in it so that they can resemble the standard of beauty that was whiteness mm -hmm. in America. Wow. Yeah. And so it's like, you are the standard. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the, the privilege that comes with being white in America, where you don't even have to think about these mm -hmm. things. Like you step out and it's like, of course, that person is uh, on the cover of this magazine, of course. Yeah. But it's like for us, we are constantly being reminded of our otherness yeah. and yeah. thinking about the fact that we have to learn your culture, mm -hmm. but yeah. they, no one has to learn our culture or assimilate to that. And so wow. I think that as well as things that we have to do on a daily basis, like code switching, yep. code switching, I feel like it's like speaking multiple languages. So yeah. I think we should put that on all our applications. We are bilingual. <laughs> will you talk, will you talk, will you talk? So code switching is basically uh, being in a space, I am able to adapt my conversation and my language to whatever space I'm in. Yep. Yeah. So like, if we're sitting around and just kind of chopping it up, which is an example of, you know, <laughs> yeah, code switching, uh, it means talking, yeah. you know, having conversations. Uh, but it, it's that. It's like I speak, I'm able to speak in a, in a space that I am free to speak and use colloquialisms and jokes and 
culture where we can just look at our, look at each other in our eyes and know what's up. Mm-hmm. And then you walk into another space and you have to be concerned. You have to think about what you say a little bit more because you don't want to come off as the angry black person yeah. or you don't want to come off as inarticulate because of something that you said that was actually more slang right. than it is appropriate English. So yeah. it's, it's being aware of those situations and wherever you're walking into those spaces, being able to switch your language to meet all the criteria in that particular area. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to, and I want to keep talking about white privilege, but I, I don't even want anyone to miss the weightiness of you yes. feeling like you have to represent your whole culture. Mm-hmm. It's big. Like when a, when a white person does something stupid, it's like, oh, that, that stupid white person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is with, when it's a black person, it's like, oh, black people yes. mm-hmm. are like that. Yes. Right? It's, it's, it's that, it's that weight. It's like being, being at home watching television. And you're praying to God. You're like, man, please don't act too stupid. Don't act, right. don't, don't be wow. buffoonish. Don't, mm-hmm. don't, please don't do that because you are going to set our entire race yeah. back yeah. because yeah. people are going to believe that this is what all black people are like because there's not enough right. exposure to the variety right. and the overall spectrum in terms of representation of, of black people. So it's like you yeah. think about that and you're always having that in the back of your mind because you realize that if this person acts this way, there's an expectation that you are now that yeah, way. We all felt that with Obama. Yeah. 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 I mean, you can't, there's probably every black person just, so just, 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 just take the high road every right. time. Don't mess up. Yep. Don't mess yeah. up. Don't, don't, mess up. Yeah. don't lash out. Yeah. Don't be angry. Just, we, we got there. Don't, don't mess yeah, up. Yeah. 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 Every time yeah, you responded, we all were like, uh, so as a wife, I'm thinking about the pressure Michelle felt oh, <laughs> every yeah. time he took Seriously. the hits, right? Yeah. Because he couldn't show, yeah. couldn't Ever. show the pressure right. and the anxiety. But um, I actually attended one of her talks and it was really psychologically tough wow. for the entire family because yes. of exactly yeah. what you guys are talking about. Yeah. Whereas with any other president, it's like, oh, that president was not good enough. Right. Yeah. With Barack, it's, oh, well, black presidents blank. Yeah. 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 Yep. Never going to do that again. So that's white privilege. That's white privilege. It's really an um, invisible. Peggy McIntosh is the author of it, um, of this concept. It's an invisible knapsack, as she calls it, a knapsack of advantages. And I think where it gets kind of... Um, you know, messy, again, we're not, white brothers and sisters aren't used to hearing white in front of many other things, right? So when you think about white privilege, a lot of times you hear from rural and poor white people who say, but I don't have privilege. I don't have all of these advantages. And so, but it really is about access, like compared to a black person in America, do you have access to health care? Mm. Do you have more access to being able to go and buy a home mm. in any neighborhood yeah. that you want? Mm. Do you have access to good education? The Compared to a black person, yeah. the answer is always yes, mm. no matter how poor or yeah. rural you yeah. are for the most part. And so it really is about just thinking about it from that perspective, as opposed to the unearned piece, which people think I built a business. I, you know, I'm a CEO. I've yeah. earned every single I've bit of that. Hard I've worked hard. Yeah. And that's not, it's not about no the struggle. No one's discounting that. Right. It's not about the struggle. Right. It's about the lack of access, power, and resources wow. that black yeah. people in this country have. We got to sit in that for a minute. Like, 
No one is discounting how hard you right. Yeah. That's right. We yeah. know you earned your that's degree. Right. We know Respect. they didn't just give you that. Like, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's not the white privilege we're talking right. about. Yes. It's the stuff that you didn't earn. Right. You yep. just have because of the color of your skin. Right. And it's happening right in front of you. Yeah. But oftentimes you have the privilege of not even having to pay attention. So yeah. I always say right. that's a privilege. In the, we're in this. Mm -hmm. We're all in the system. Right. We're all in the same system. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just that one group has the privilege of just being able to say, I don't have to pay attention to right. it. Right. Uh, yeah. The other ones don't. I always say like, if I were to, if I were to make it into a movie, it'd be like the machines with the stuffed animals that have the hand come down yeah. and you yeah. can pluck them out. Uh, but it'd be like, if all of us were in a room and this random machine would come through at some points and only plucked out people of color. Now imagine if it was happening to white people and it was only choosing white people mm -hmm. over and over again in a disproportionate amount of times, eventually they'd want to say, hey, does anybody see this machine? Right. Mm -hmm. That's just coming through and plucking us out like right. this throwing yeah. us in jail, redlining us and doing all these things and, and job wage gaps and all these things. And we and we just said, no, mm -hmm. we don't see it because it hasn't been happening hasn't to us. Right. Right. But we're yeah. all in the same system. It's just that as it comes through and plucks out more and more of them, we end up moving more and more forward, say, right. why should we have to pay attention to it? It's not really affecting us. And even though a lot of times I don't think there's any malintent towards it, mm -hmm. I just think it's a privilege to not have to acknowledge that hand that keeps coming down. And statistics show over yeah. and over and over, it's plucking out more and more people of color. Yeah, yeah. It's a privilege, and y'all have said this is not your words, not mine. It's a privilege to not have to think about your skin color. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a privilege to not have to have these conversations, mm. to not have to have your parents sit you down and tell you, hey, this is how you navigate mm. being pulled over. Mm. This is how you navigate when you go into a majority white space. Um, it's a privilege to have to learn this rather than experiencing it. Wow. It's a privilege to be able to reach for your wallet. When you get pulled over. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It's Am I allowed a, to say that? It's a privilege to be able to swim. Ooh. Can, okay. Yeah. Like, Talk about this, because this is a stereotype. Yeah, oh, yeah. Black people can't yeah. swim. Ha, 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 ha. And I think there's some truth to it, for sure. sure. Like, you know, but in general. But overall, like, the reason that black people overall, again, this is not an umbrella statement, but for the most part, like, the reason that there isn't really a lot of black people that tend to swim is because we didn't have access to the pools. So when, when, when you talk about like just even looking at my own life and my, my grandmother and my grandparents and my mother. So for me growing up, there was this huge fear of water, huge fear of water. And I think part of that had to do with the water being used in the civil rights movement where there was hoses being blown on like sprayed on you. But also the fact that we couldn't go to the pools like my grandparents didn't have access. We weren't allowed to be in those pools. And so what tended to happen over time is like white people learn how to swim. Again, this is not everybody, but sure. for the most part, that that was a thing. And it's almost like this basic right and, and kind of, of course, everybody can swim thing. But but it, but but thinking about it from that perspective, that wasn't that long ago. Right. Like my grandmother and my, my grandfather and my, and my mom and and th that was 40, 50 years they ago. They weren't allowed to go to swimming They weren't pools. allowed to go to swimming pools. This is actually the you're the first generation that has all of your rights. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. And it still could be because yes. when, wow. when I was a kid, I remember my, all my all my white friends when I first went to the neighborhood were talking about this uh, Eastwood Park and they had all these uh, all these people getting their passes. And so myself and my brothers, mm -hmm. we walked down there. And we asked to get our passes, and they said they are sold out of all passes. Wow. And they did it every single year. We never got access to that pool. This is why we never got to go to pools. That was the only pool that was in our neighborhood. Wow. But every time we would go to the to the ticket office, they would say, there are no more uh, passes for you all. So, and then what's funny is we then asked our friends to go the next the next day, and they would go, and they'd all get passes. Wow. 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 So we knew, and then my mom just said, we, we don't, I don't want you to go there if that's how they 
if that's how they're thinking. That's how deep this runs. Yes. Even a stereotype that people have inappropriately joked about mm-hmm. is connected to racism. Yes. Yeah. You weren't even allowed to be in the water. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lack of Absolutely. access. And yeah. what you just said too, that this is the first generation to have all the rights. Yes. You know, the, the it's, I mean, yes. we forget that. Right. Our, yeah, right. our parents did not yeah. have I mean, all of their rights. Yes. Wow. Um, so it hasn't, to your earlier point, it hasn't been, we're not that far removed mm-hmm. from overt discrimination simply based on the color of your skin. Why can't we get in the pool? Are we dirtier? Mm. Our skin's dirtier mm. than anybody else's? I mean, we have to go there mm-hmm. yeah. because those yeah. that's the implicit bias. Mm. Uh, Ken, were you going to, I feel like you're, did I cut you off earlier? Uh, you did gonna, not. Okay, good, did not. <laughs> uh, I never want to cut, cut you off. <laughs> it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> you will not allow Don't for that. Allow. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk loud. So, so, this is good, Samer. With, with privilege then, um, we we tend to take offense when someone says, okay, check your privilege. It's there. It's not like it's just going to go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you tell someone to check their privilege or what would it look like for me to check my privilege? Is it acknowledging it and then figuring out a way to leverage it? And do you, like what? You tell me to check my privilege. Get, get, get me in the pool with you. <laughs> yeah. Stand up, with, stand up yeah. for me. Yeah. And why, why, why can't my man come? Yeah. Well, obviously right now you, I can go, go in any pool. Um, but that's the illustration of it, you know, leverage your privilege for, for the benefit of others. So instead of like, Oh, don't tell me I have privilege. No, no, no. You have it. Right. So use it for good. That's the thing, Sam. Like we all have some form of privilege. Sure. Me as a man, Mm -hmm. I have a privilege that women overall don't Mm -hmm. seem to have sometimes, you know, like the fact that I can get into a, a city late at night and hop into an Uber, mm-hmm. I'm not as nearly concerned about my own safety as what I, some of our sisters would be. So it's like we all have some form of privilege. And I think right. if we understand and acknowledge that and use that privilege to speak up and speak out and to be allies and advocates for those who are, don't have the same privileges, I think that ends up helping all of us. Because I think understanding the privilege and acknowledging it first is a big part of the ordeal. But I think sure. what you do with that privilege is also a big deal as well. Yeah. And it's wow. usually just because of that word white. I think that's the yeah. defensiveness yeah. of it. If yeah. you're in a grocery store and you see a sweet old lady trying to reach the top shelf to get her, her cereal, you understand, I, I can help her do it. Right. Right. Privilege. Let, right. me, let me walk over and say, let me get that for you. Yep. And we do it. As humans, we know, let me help the old person. Yeah. And I think we wow. just don't think of it as white privilege or black. Yes. We just say, I'm, I'm privileged to have my youth yes. and have the, yes. the strength yeah. to do this yes. for someone else. If you're on a mission trip, you're in a third world country, you immediately feel it. You say, I can do something for these people. I, yes. can, I can go the extra mile. I can continue to give when I go back home. Right. So it's mm-hmm. built in us. I just think it's become such a political term. Yes. And when you say white privilege, they mean, so I don't want to talk about this. When in the end, I'm like, you're already doing it. Wow. Wow. You're already doing it. It's just like, can we talk about it in this context? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in. I hope that was helpful. Again, we broke this conversation up into four parts and you just watched part two. And you can be on the lookout for part three at the beginning of next week.